Coming to you from the foothills of Los Angeles, it's time for In My Voice with actress, voiceover artist, director, and coach, Kathy Grable. With over 20 years behind the mic, Kathy brings you a unique perspective of working VO actors whose voices you'll know, but their stories you probably don't. Now sit back and enjoy In My Voice. Hi, and thanks for joining me for episode one. That's right, the first one, the launch. And I have an amazing guest for this one, the man behind the voice of Goofy, Pluto, and countless other animated characters, Bill Farmer. We caught up with him a few months back when he took time out of his very busy schedule to chat. And now, here's Kathy. All right. Well, Bill, I am so excited to have you here today. And actually, I should say we're in Bill Farmer's home studio. So uh-huh. that's exciting that we are able to be in your studio. And Bill, we go way back. And I just am so excited to be doing this with you today. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thanks yes. for coming over. Yes. Well, for those of you who want to hear a little bit more about Bill, because he is such a talented guy, and I know many of you know him as Goofy uh-huh. for Disney, and that's Gorge. one of the main things. Yes, I love it. But I'm going to go ahead and read your bio here, Bill, because there's just so many exciting things. Decades of audiences of all ages have enjoyed you, Bill, and you stand out in vehicles and venues and have very diverse talents from clubs to conventions, broadcast to podcasts and TV screens to movie success. It's it's really fun to have been friends long enough to remember some of those things as we went along the way. Um, the early our, salad days. Yes, yeah. yes, very much. And I remember coming to see you in stand-up comedy clubs as well. Mm-hmm. You've done them from the heartland to, you know, Hollywood. You have a seemingly endless list of live and recorded performances. It's engaging fans really of every demographic which is something not every entertainer can say. While Bill has famously performed as the official voice of Disney's Goofy and Pluto since 1986. That's a long time. Yes, but you're still going strong. Your voiceover acting resume includes thousands of leading and supporting roles in film and television, advertising, consumer products, and more. I think that's one thing, Bill, people don't always realize that there may be voiceover in a commercial or some sort of audio that they don't even realize there's a voiceover because it could be the bark of a dog, for example. Oh, yeah. It could be a, a sound effect. It could be an announcer. You know, I have a, a, a hind spot that's been running for the last couple of years, and a lot of people have no idea. My sister didn't know it was me. Right, right. It's so, so fun. In fact, I think we've talked about that before, that we both enjoyed the... We, but people are starting to come around with voiceover, but mm-hmm. we kind of enjoyed that not everybody knew who we were sometimes. Yeah, you know? it, it helps out when you go to the grocery store. Right, right. You don't right. have to, you know, <laughs> get all dolled up to, to look good. Now, the paparazzi have not been bugging me. Right, right. Well, one of the things I, I wanted to talk about, as well as, I mean, I'm going to say a, a few more of your outstanding achievements here, and then and then we'll, we'll talk about mm-hmm. that. But you have had animation voiceover work. Work for leading studios such as Pixar, Warner Brothers, Universal, MGM. Mm-hmm. You became the first voiceover actor to receive the prestigious Fritz 
Freeling Lifetime Achievement Award for Excellence in Animation. You are equally distinguished as the Immortalizing Disney Legend Award. Mm-hmm. And that that's really something, Bill. Yeah, that, um, was, uh, that was a great honor. Yeah, tell me a little bit about that, by the way. Well, the uh, Disney Legend Award is uh, Disney's highest award for people that they feel help the company. Um, there's only been a couple of hundred people that have gotten it since, I think, around 1986. I was... Uh, made a Disney legend in 2009, and it was very exciting for me. Ours was the first public, in front of the public, award ceremony at the uh, down at uh, Walt Disney, uh, down at Disneyland at the, uh, where was it, the convention center, I believe, mm. and about 4,500 people, and I got my award along with Robin Williams and Betty White and some of the Golden Girls, wow. Tony and Selmo, who does the voice of Donald Duck, and uh, it was a, a tremendous Tremendous honor to be uh, uh, put in uh, the same category and on the same stage with like Robin Williams and all these people. Well, and I have to say, Bill, it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. I was just thinking we going back to the beginning a bit. I know we're both from Kansas. Mm -hmm. And when I first came to Los Angeles, someone said, you know, you've got to meet this guy, Bill Farmer, and his wife, because you have so much in common, and he's from Kansas. And if you're from Kansas, I mean, you probably smile when you hear oh, yeah. that. Because- <laughs> Another person from Kansas? Right, Great. In, in Los Angeles, um, and right away became fast friends, and and we were neighbors at one point. Right. Um, so we have experienced a lot of things together, uh, laughed and cried and seen each other's kids grow up. In fact, we were looking at pictures before we started. One of the things I I don't know if people know about you is I always say Bill has a bit of a MacGyver uh, (laughs) (laughs) talent. I remember coming over one day and you taking the microwave apart and we're putting it back together and we're cleaning it and well, it I had worked. To, yeah, I had, to, I had to fix it. And I've always been kind of, a, I was an electronic technician for a number of years. So, mm-hmm. and in charge of some, uh, radio equipment at a few radio stations, I had a background in electronics. And uh, so, yeah, I've always been one of those kind of do-it-yourself, uh, right, right or right. wrong. I figure I can't screw it up too bad and I'll then I'll recall a professional, but I'll give it a good shot first. Well, and I think some of that comes back from our upbringing, don't you yeah. think? If you're oh, from definitely. the middle part of the country, you just kind of, hey, let's let's uh, figure out how we're going to do this. And sometimes oh, yeah. you even put on a show, you know. It's, it's like, like, Dad, my my bicycle broke. <laughs> well, fix it. You know, okay, <laughs> got to learn this stuff. So true. Which takes me to the question is, when did you start doing these voices? And if anybody knows Bill's work, which many of you do, you are so good at impressions <laughs> and impersonations. In fact, my husband and I, when we've produced some things, we're always like, not only the nicest guy in the world, a good friend, but also I feel like you can do anything. Oh. So um, you just are, have a knack for that. So well, I, I started, I guess, when I was about, oh, 14 years old. I was watching television once, and I think... Um, uh, it was the TV show Get Smart. If you remember oh, Don Adams, Don Adams of Get Smart, <laughs> and I just tried to do the voice, and I go, "Hey, that's not too bad." My friends, I do it around my friends, and they say, "That's so cool, man!" You know. And then at uh, our high school, I found that I could do you know, added more to my repertoire. And well, I did John Wayne, and they'd always put me out at pep assemblies, and 
like, you know, on Friday when we were fighting the Dodge City Demons. And, of course, we did a little skit. And mm-hmm. so it kind of got me into the writing as well as uh, not just doing the voice, but finding, you know, things to write about. Right. And so as I added characters, yeah, I, I do a Walter Brennan impression. Then I'd add that to the John Wayne. And then uh-huh. we'd have more full, uh, fully rounded out skits. And... um so, you know, and then, yeah, I would uh, go through things like Burger King with my friends would like, you know, you ain't do a great, do a neat voice. I'd like a Whopper with cheese and they'd watch and they'd laugh. Right, and right. my friends, oh, that's so cool, man. Well, and uh, I never thought it'd be a career, though. Well, and don't you feel like that was one of the great things about growing up where we did is, first of all, we had the time. Yeah. I think a lot of people don't um, to even develop creative ideas and experiment but also just that community feeling where oh, yeah. you know people would applaud each other they would say hey let's let's do this this would be cool and and i think there's a small town um i one time someone actually who had worked at Disney at one time said to me, and it was right after I moved out here, and I said, oh, gosh, I'm from a small town in Kansas. And he said, oh, the most creative people come from small towns. I remember <laughs> him Well, saying we don't that. have anything else to do. Right, you have to invent right. things to do. So your imagination runs wild, and we'd just do little plays right, in our basement, right. and we'd do little films on the old 8-millimeter oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. camera and um yeah, you had to be inventive and you had to be creative or you were just bored stiff. Well, and then, you know, people around there were also very good audience. You know, they, right. they really would uh, encourage that. And I think of that, too, that I would direct all my nieces and nephews and you know, <laughs> at holidays <laughs> right. and that sort of thing. Exactly. Fact, now, did you have a little sister or an older sister? I have an older sister. She's okay. six years older me, uh, older than I am. And she just thought I was weird. Oh, you okay. Know, just, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> Billy is weird, you know. Because <laughs> I had a younger sister I would put in all my shows, you know. <laughs> no, my sister didn't want to have anything to do with me. I was her creepy little brother. Yeah, oh, that's that's kind of the normal, right? So anyway, well, great. So what was the first job that you remember you, you had? A professional job? Uh, well, um, actually... It was doing an impression routine at our church back in Kansas. Okay. And at that time, my parents didn't even know I did voices. I would not do it around them. I was too shy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I did some impressions, a little comedy routine at a, a, a dinner, as I remember. Mm-hmm. And someone went up to my dad and said, hey, your kid was really great at this uh, show the other day. And he goes, what What did he do? You know, he oh, yeah. did an impression routine. Really? Okay. And he said, did you do a show? Yeah. And he found out I could do impressions. And <laughs> Well, you know, I'm going to touch on that a bit because it's something I have thought about recently is that shy factor because my mother enrolled me in some courses. She's, well, I don't know if she really enrolled me, but she's like, you need to take debate and forensics or let's, why don't you do a play, you know? And, and we kind of would do those sort of things like, Okay, I guess that'd be a good idea. And, you know, actually the whole town would sometimes put on a play. But but she did it partly because I was shy. And I don't right. think people think of me as shy. No. but You uh, inhabit a character and you can get over your shyness by right, becoming right. someone else. And I think it's important for people to know because sometimes I think they think it's the opposite. Right. And someone said something to me a couple of years ago about 
being a shy extrovert. And I was like, wow, I could relate to that. I yeah, mean, that's kind of cool. Uh, yeah, shy extrovert. I like that. Yeah, I'd never heard that before. So I think it's interesting. So you you started out, that's great. You started out local church and friends and school and messing around like that. You did you start with stand up then originally or what? No, I uh, my degree was in broadcast journalism and I kicked around in radio for a number of years as a chief engineer. So I had that technical side mm-hmm. producing uh, and selling uh, ad time and producing commercials as well as being a DJ mm-hmm. on the air, which was a great place to be bad <laughs> uh, <laughs> because you're not going to start out great in this business. Right, You've got to learn. Right. And radio was great for me because I would invent characters and, uh, you know, I'd be doing Wolf Mad Jack. Oh, baby. You know, I didn't know there were like probably lost, you know, uh, laws against using someone else's voice or anything. But I would do the, you know, hey, Bill, what's going on? Hey, Wolf Man, how you doing? It's great to see you. Why are we going to be playing some great leaded skinned today, baby? You know, and yeah, so I'd come on yeah. and just improv and had fun. Uh never really realizing that I was kind of training for what I was going to do later on. Then I got into stand-up comedy back in 1982 in Dallas. I'd gotten out of radio and I um, just went to a comedy club. And I can tell you the date, March 16th of 82 was the first time I went on stage at a place called the Comedy Corner in Dallas, Texas. I love that you remember that. Oh, I totally remember. It changed my life. I had always wanted to try stand-up, but I was afraid to try. Mm -hmm. And I said, you know, if I don't try this at least i'm going to kick myself when i'm older and i got a pretty good response and that was the best training ground i ever had the five years of stand-up i did before moving to hollywood because an audience is if nothing else they're honest they will Mm -hmm. laugh if it's funny they will not laugh if it's not funny it's not like your friends or your parents who oh that was wonderful dear that was great Uh, no, if you are not funny, a crowd will let you know real quick. Right. So it was, if you can survive the first few months, you learn how to be funny. You learn how to say a line to get the most out of it. You right. know how, you learn the timing of jokes and dialogue, which is great training for voiceover because we're in a booth basically by ourselves in a script. Right. And you have to be able to look at something and know the music of the lines, how it will play and how fast to say it and what words to uh, to emphasize to get the most out of the line. And that's so important when you're a, a voice actor. I didn't know that I was training for this, uh, and uh, but that was a great a great training ground. Very brutal, can be very brutal, but it's a great training for for anyone that wants to get into this business. Well, don't you think um, it's so interesting now how much our business has even changed? Oh, absolutely. Because um, we are more isolated than we used to be. And I think often people are training to just do voiceover. And I can relate that, you know, my background was more musical theater and that kind of thing. And I look back and I was like, that was such great training for voiceover and all the music. I had, you know, in my background for you, stand up and, you know, different plays and comedy. Now, often people just go straight into voiceover. Right. Without Without that that training. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, um, I don't know. I think more than ever, we we need to have that audience a bit because we're living lives inside our house more, you know? Right. Yeah. Everyone is, you know, not interacting as much. So that's kind of, that's kind of interesting. I was thinking of, uh, there's so much that we 
know about each other and don't know about each other. But one of the things I I thought, gosh, I'd love to ask Bill this. Is there one recording session you had that really sticks out as the strangest? Strangest? Wow. Well, I've had a lot of strange <laughs> ones. Um, you know, uh, recording set. I think in all the years, the strangest thing, it wasn't a recording session, but it was an on-camera um, session that I had. When I first came out here, um, I got an audition to do Ronald Reagan, the president. Oh, yeah. Well, um, oh, yes. Um, I'd done his voice for, well, several years. <laughs> and I said, oh, that'll be cool. I'll be Ronald Reagan. They wanted me. But they said, okay, but you won't be talking. You'll <laughs> You'll just look like Reagan. And, and I, you don't really. Uh, no, no. He's 50 years older than me. And, and it was the strangest thing I've ever done. It was for a kind of a, there was a guy that looked like Gorbachev, the leader of Soviet Union. They had a a rock band, a fake rock band that he was going to be in called Gorby and the Red Hots. <laughs> Okay, so he's going to be Gorbachev. They needed a Reagan, and they had a big sound stage where they had like a uh, one of those mazes that like rats run around in. <laughs> Reagan was on one side, Gorbachev was on the other. I was about a hundred yards from the camera, going, "Well, um, oh, he's just kind of wandering around in here." And I thought, well, it'd be neat because it'll be prosthetics and all that great stuff. See how that's all done and everything. No, it was just bad grease paint and a bad wig. And they just fogged up the whole studio. And I'm just kind of trying to do the mannerisms of Reagan a hundred yards away. So you couldn't see my face with his bad makeup. And it was just the strangest thing. And then they had a guy on a wrecking ball that knocked down the Berlin Wall, which was still up because oh, this is goodness. the late 80s. Right. And then all these people poured out through the wall, all these celebrity lookalikes. And the strangest thing I had to do, um, if you're older, you might remember the billboards around town with a girl named Angeline. Oh, yes. Well, yes. Angeline was on. So I had to hold her leg lasciviously and wheel as Ronald Reagan <laughs> while they're singing this stupid song. And it was just so surreal. I remember thinking I'm in this song and I'm holding Angeline's leg thinking, wow, is this show business or what? Right, right. <laughs> and what happened was, and they shot it on like 35. They, you know, had top, uh, it was a great Panavision cameras, the whole thing. And I guess that the dailies were so horribly bad that the people that were uh, fronting the money for this just left town. Oh, and yeah. just stiffed the production company with mm -hmm. the whole tab. So none of us ever got paid. Oh, man. And they, the guy from the production company says, I'm so sorry. I'm trying to get your money, and we can't find the people that were financing this. So, so it never aired. I don't think any of the footage is anywhere to be seen, luckily. But that was definitely the strangest uh, day in show business thus far. Well, as far as voice acting, um, gosh, just talking like a dog for a living is strange <laughs> enough. <laughs> well, what's um, what's the most fun you ever had behind the mic? Oh, it's um, I used to. Uh, the most fun I used to have was when we would go to Walt Disney World, and we would do live interviews with radio stations they would have maybe as many as two or three hundred radio stations from like the opening of animal kingdom or one of those things a big event and 
they, uh, Wayne and Rusey, Wayne Allwine, Rusey Taylor, Mickey and Minnie would do be on camera, and I would do uh, you know interviews with them. We'd do it live with some radio station in Baltimore or whatever. Those were great fun because I got to hang around with my pals, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Donald and Minnie and Mickey, and we could riff and we would improv live and they would just ask us questions. There was no script to right. follow. And <clears throat> we'd do as many as two or 300 of these things in a week. Wow. And they were so much fun because we at night we got to go around the parks and we got all on Disney's dime and everything. Thing. And we got paid to play, to right. have fun with these characters. Right. And we were always in our characters on air at all times. So it was, gosh, it was always goofy right there answering questions. And so I got to kind of learn the character a lot more, learning the way that Goofy would answer a question. Right, right. And we'd get to come up with some funny little bits and stuff like that. Those were great times and, and probably some of my favorite recording sessions. Oh, I bet. It's, you know, um, it's so when you said you get paid to play. Yeah. It's, I mean, how blessed. Absolutely. Know. Absolutely. It is. People always say, gosh, that got to be a, that's got to be a fun career and it is it's tremendous when you get the work the real work in this business as you know are the one out of a hundred auditions that you have to you know you just got to keep plugging away and do hundreds and hundreds of auditions to get a few roles but when you get the roles that's when it's really fun the real work is the auditioning in this and that's not always fun but it's usually a lot of fun and you know one reason um i had even you know, thought of this idea with the podcast, um, which has been ruminating for a while. But mm-hmm. I actually talked to Joel. We did yeah. a fundraiser almost exactly a year ago, I realized, right. just because Facebook, it came up. And um, we just had so much fun. It's oh, like we've yeah. all worked with each other in different ways, but we had done some fundraisers through churches and that sort of thing. And it's like no time had passed. I mean, I, I was like, we should have been recording the rehearsals because they were the most fun. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah. it's still fun. Live performances, and the, the, they're pretty rare now. But when yes. I do, it's a lot of fun to be in front of an audience. And uh, Comic-Cons are a lot of fun to mm-hmm. go because you get to meet the people that actually you make an impact on and you don't really get a sense of that in the studio but when you hear that oh a goofy movie was like you know help me and my dad talk right and you find out that these these projects are very important to the fans out there and right. we don't really get a chance to hear that too much uh that's that's really a, a, a nice thing and when you get to do something for a charity as well and you get to go on stage and do a radio play or whatever um, those are those are a lot of fun. And you're so right, the stories. You know, um, I was just thinking as you were talking that Goofy is such a happy character. Yeah, And yeah. so many people can relate to him. And so even if you're having a rough time, and even for you, you're a human being, you know, you get to go up there and bring joy. Yeah. And it, then it's, it's not going to be... Anything but joy, basically. Right, right. Our whole job is to try and make people have a good day and and entertain people. And that's a a lot of fun. Yeah. Bill, what would you say is one of the stories at Comic-Con? Because I know you're really busy doing that right now. Yeah. That that comes to mind as one that really touched you. One that... one that comes to mind right now was just uh, actually in Burbank 
um, a girl, I was going to do an interview uh, with a, and there's Goofy's dogs. In right, the right. Real life. Um, <laughs> um, there was this girl that came up to us and, and she was going to do an interview with us uh, for a TV show, uh, you know, podcast and everything. And she said, "Did do you have a sister that taught school in Kansas City? Wow. And, yeah. And says, well, I was in her class. My sister was her teacher in fifth grade. I love that. And it was the year that I went up there and visited her school and talked about show business, about voiceover, about, you know, the things you need to do to kind of get into this business and, and uh, you know, kind of uh, the armor you have to put around yourself to take the rejection and all that kind right. of stuff. And she told me that that was why she got into production is because of my visit up there that time. Um, and so I called my sister and says, Hey, do you know this voice? And she, and she talked to my sister and oh, oh my goodness, I love that. Cause my sister never really got a chance. All the kids she taught over the years right. for one of them to say, Hey, thank you for being a great teacher. And right. that kind of thing. Which is so important. How, we impact people's lives. Right. And, you know, I also think of those small world moments. Oh, yeah. You know, that sometimes it's when you look back or now with all the social media, people can say, oh, they knew this or they knew I can There's just so many small world moments before that, yeah, you know, that exactly. I think, oh, my gosh, I was across the world doing something or I, I'm sure with you as well. Or, you know, even moving to Los Angeles and somebody saying, oh, yeah. oh this guy's from Kent, you know, and you start playing the small world thing. In fact, uh, we were uh, talking about how my husband and I were at a party mm -hmm. the other day, and Greg, they said, oh, you might know some of the same people, and um, he was a student of yours because you also right. um, tell us a little bit about that. It is, a, it is a small industry in some ways. You find that after a number of years, you know, if you don't know them, you know someone who knows them. It's right, very, right. all the time that happens. And, you know, I'll watch a movie and, and I'll think, oh, they were a guest star on my TV show or right, something like right. that. And so you forget how many people you do run into over the course of a year or a decade or three right. decades. Right. Absolutely. Well, one of the well, I wanted to ask you um, a couple of other things, but then also we have had, I'm trying to think, you know, as we go back, you're one of those people in my life where I think, how do I originally know Bill? Because there, we've worked together yes. and we were neighbors and, you know, I finally thought, oh yeah, there was this guy that wasn't in our life for very long. I think that both said, you should meet each other and um, originally. And then um, also we have done things at churches together. Right. Um, we actually even did something for um, university in Kansas. Mm -hmm. Excuse me, Bill, I'm going to do the infamous water the here. <laughs> That's what you do. That's what and you gotta always make the noise have too. your water. Yes. Well, you make the, the noise very well. <laughs> um, but um, before we get to that, because I, I thought it'd be fun, we've done the George Burns and Gracie oh, Allen. Oh, yeah. Um, at that party, mm -hmm. when we said it's a small world, kept saying, Bill, for, oh, he's one of, oh, he's my mentor. He's, you know, he was talking about that. I said, oh, gosh, I know. And he goes, okay, now, which one are you? And we're trying to do that. And when I said George Burns and Gracie Allen, he goes, I know exactly who you are, which is so <laughs> funny because he knew I was Kathy Grable. He goes, now, now I'm putting all the pieces together for him. Oh, people know me as 
goofy. You know, right, they know right. me as goofy. They may not know my regular name. No, but, you're, uh, yeah. And then um, there, there were so many wonderful things that came from that. Um, but I want to ask you one more question before we do. We're going to do a little George Burns and Gracie Allen um, just for fun, play around a little bit. But um, if someone is getting into this business now, uh-huh. what are some of the trying to think, I don't know if attributes is the right word, but some of the characteristics, attributes, mm-hmm. um, or just downright things to do that you okay, would... Okay, just tips and advice. In yeah, um, yeah. Well, the main thing, and it's um, misconceptions uh, that people have. First of all, people always think that um, we are watching a cartoon and that we're adding voice to a visual that mm-hmm. we're looking at. That's not, that's backwards. We get the script first and then we bring it to life, hopefully, for the animators to animate our words. Now, people say, well, it doesn't seem like it'd be better to do it the other way. He says, not if you really think about it. If mm-hmm. I'm talking to Mickey and I'm saying, gorge, howdy, Mickey, and that had already been animated, I'd have to say it exactly like that right. in that amount of time. What if I wanted to add a laugh? Howdy, Mickey. <laughs> They couldn't put that laugh in there Mm -hmm. because it hadn't been animated. So they do the soundtrack first and then animate to the voice. And it's uh, our job as actors is to, you know, make it come alive. Give the animators something to animate. So you have to uh, be an actor. That is Mm -hmm. probably the other biggest thing. People don't think of it as... Um, acting in the same way as, uh, you know, say in a movie, whether there's a camera or a microphone or a stage, it's the same thing. Different techniques for different types of animation, whether they be video games or commercials or animation, um, but it's acting. It's uh, it's not voice acting. It's voice acting with the emphasis on the acting. And so anyone that wants to get into this, I would highly recommend taking as many acting or improv classes Absolutely. that you can do. And if you can do stand-up, it's a toughie. But yeah, to get in front of a stage because you learn so much from an audience that'll come in handy when you get to, to do some voiceover. Yeah, and it's just making an adjustment. If you right. if you come go from theater to film, you're going to be making mm-hmm. adjustments. Same with voiceover, but the acting. It's not yeah. about the voice, is it? No, no, it's about the acting. And it's kind of akin to stage acting. I'd mm-hmm. say do a play or something like that because... If you're on stage in a play, you've got to make little bigger gestures mm-hmm. so the people in the back Absolutely. row can see you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to be a little bit louder, a little bit brighter, kind of when you're really surprised. You're not, oh, you're, right. oh. Right. You, know, you have to make it bigger so that it plays to the back of the theater. Same thing with animation. Yeah. In fact, I always say if um, you're, you, you, you can hear gestures. Right. You can hear if you were watching me right now, you can hear if you say this or that. You yeah, could, you could, and you were animated as you were doing that. So. Yeah, and you give the animator something to do with your voice, mm-hmm. and they love that. Otherwise, if you're just monotone and you talk, what do they have to draw? They have a guy sitting there talking. But if you're animated with your voice, you can be animated visually as well. Yeah, I, I laugh sometimes. I give emotions to people, and you know, there's this too cool for school thing now, yeah. and it'll be shocked or a big emotion. Like I just don't get shocked. 
It's like, that- <laughs> wow, I'm shocked. <laughs> you go, okay. You have to give some really shocking things. Yeah. Is that how you'd react? Um, yeah. So um, I know for you, you said stand up for me theater. I always think voiceover mm-hmm. is the closest thing to theater. Right. Because also it doesn't matter what you look like. Exactly. In fact, exactly. You know, for me as a woman, um, I'd been doing voiceover, but I was pregnant and I could keep keep working. I'm Absolutely. A, you know, yeah, yeah. You, um, you know, sweats work well. Anything yeah. like cotton because it doesn't right. make noise. If it crinkly and make noise on the microphone, that's bad. But other than that, doesn't matter what it looks like. It matters if it's quiet. Right. Right. Well, um, a couple of other things, and then I'd love for us to do do some of this, uh, George and Gracie. Um, you have some exciting projects you're doing. You're always working. One of the things I loved is you said, I'm working more than ever. Yeah. Um, gosh, I'm on about three or four season, uh, series. Uh, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse has been on since 2006, and it's still on about every 15 minutes on the An actor's Disney dream, channel. yeah. Um, uh, I've been doing another dog. I always do dogs. It's like, uh, I was doing Irish Butch on some Tom and Jerry cartoons. Yes. Also, we have a new series called Amphibia that's coming out next year. Great. That I play an old grouchy frog named Hop Pop, the patriarch of the family. And we're finishing up the first season. But again, I haven't seen hardly any of it because it's just coming back from the first episodes being animated. So it'll be on TV sometime, I guess, next year. Okay. Um, gosh, video games, uh, Kingdom Hearts, uh, we're, um, we're doing, and that's coming out, I think, in uh, December, or is it January? I'm not sure. But uh, it's about ready to come out. We've got um, uh, Mickey Mouse and the Roadster Racers, which is in its second season, and we'll be doing that for you know <laughs> a few more years, our Mickey Mouse Shorts which are kind of retro. They look kind of like they were drawn in the 1930s. We mm-hmm. have, uh, it's getting up to be Halloween. So we might have a, uh, we have a Halloween episode that might, uh, and a Christmas one, a half hour one, which okay. they saw on the Disney channel and are available on YouTube. You can see all 150 of them or whatever right, on YouTube. Right. And you never know, you never know what you're, and I did an ice show last week, like a Disney on ice. So always something happening. Yes, absolutely. And when we talk about it, this just hit me, as we're talking that my husband has written some Tom and Jerry's. You yes. didn't even know that yes. because he wrote them and you have voiced Tom and Jerry. Right. He didn't know that you had done that. Right. And we know each other. Right. Yeah. We, it's so weird. It is a small world after all. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, it's a great way to, to wrap that up. That's great. Well, you want to play? Let's, let's. Oh, uh, right. Yeah, let's play. Okay, so we are doing this pretty cold. We've actually done these characters before, um, and there were other people in it as well. But um, we had such fun that every time I do one of these, I'm like, okay, Bill. Yeah, wasn't this a um, a, a, a fundraiser for fires, I believe, wasn't it? Right. um, Hurricanes. It was a hurricane. But it was one natural disaster after another. Yes. So... um, I think, oh, it was one of the hurricanes, yes. Yes, and then there were two more that came around after that, unfortunately. So, anyway, they, it, it did a lot of good, and we had some nice coverage and some lovely people that came by. Um, but we had done this, gosh, years and years ago at another church mm-hmm. originally, and 
I don't know. It's just gotten to be fun. It's something we've brought back, even if we do different scripts. So Yeah, where did you get this script? This is one we did for that fundraiser. Mm -hmm. So Okay. And, now, and I thought maybe if we do the top. Just the top. Okay. Well, that'd be great. The top and then skip to the end. Oh, so we and can skip say to good the night. end. Okay. okay. You know, what because we'll do, that's not a classic. Here. Okay. And yeah. then we script skip to Because they always right. signed off. Okay. Because don't you feel like, Bill, I just feel like sometimes we, well, we've had a lot of lovely things in our lives. So, but as far as artistically, born in the wrong period, Absolutely. wouldn't this have been oh. fun? Well, I love the 1930s and 40s, oh, and I base too. a lot of the characters I do on characters right, from that right, time. Right, right, right. So, so we'll have fun with this. Um, Hopefully people know who George Burns was. Well, Gracie that's Allen. the thing. We both have kids now, and I, I said the no name idea. of someone We're the other day. We're trying to keep day. them alive. Yeah. <laughs> Now, um, so Gracie has gone to, um, well, I guess George gave her money for an evening dress, right? I believe so, and, yes. And she's gone to this famous French designer, and and, and George caught her. Um, his name is Pierre. All right. And uh, so at, at the beginning, she's shooing Pierre out. Okay. I think that's what's happening, and then... Uh, We'll we'll finish up after she fesses up. Okay. So. But right now she's trying to say that she's making. Well, well, we'll let them discover what we're doing here. So, um, ooh, Pierre, I can't talk to you about the gown now. I'll meet you at the shop in ten minutes. Gracie, uh, who was that? What did I hear about measurements? Oh, well, uh, oh, well, <laughs> I guess you got me. It was going to be a surprise, but oh, I'll tell you. Okay, well, I'm going to do that again. Is that okay? Okay, sure. <laughs> let's start, let's start from the top. Okay. Okay. Oh, oh, Pierre, I, I can't talk to you about the gown now. I'll meet you at the shop in 10 minutes. Gracie, who was that? What did I hear about measurements? Uh, well, uh, well, I guess you got me. I, it was going to be a surprise, but oh, I'll tell you, I um um I couldn't find any long underwear in the store, so I hired this man to make you some. It, his name is Pierre. Pierre, the famous French long underwear maker. A French long underwear maker? Oh, yes. He makes underwear for General de Gaulle, and you know how long they'd have to be. Oh, so you gave him the $25. Yes. I, I, I didn't want to tell you, but now you know. Well, if you'll excuse me, I have to run in and change. All right, then we skip. She runs to Pierre, and um, let's see, we're... Was that like uh, here? Yeah. Then we're going to move here, Gracie. You're not going to buy any $100 gown from Pierre. So I'm caught oh, now. Okay. Okay. Oh, that's what it was. You were sending me out to buy long underwear, and I was going to use it for that's an evening right. gown. That's okay. what it is. Let's see. Okay. So, Gracie, you're not going to. I guess. Um... And that's to the end with the good night, Gracie. Yeah. So you okay. made these things before. Um, okay. All I have frou-frous and then... I'm oh, yeah. You do the Oh, yeah. Yes, dear. Grace, you're not going to buy any $100 gown. Is that it? Do you want my pen? No, I got no, that. Okay. But... You got... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you, I'm caught now. Uh, yes, dear. Oh, you can... Actually, maybe you should call me in. Yeah. Okay. I crossed that out. Sorry. Gracie, come in here. Uh, yes, dear. Gracie. 
You're not going to buy any $100 gown from Pierre. Oh, but George, I only wanted it so I'd look my best when I went out with the handsomest man in Hollywood. That's, um, that's me? Oh, sure. Well, I don't mind if you spend, say, uh, $30. So, uh, I'm the handsomest man in Hollywood, huh? Oh, you're the handsomest man in the state of California. Well... Spend $60. You're the handsomest man in the country. Okay, spend the hundred bucks. In fact, you're the handsomest man in the world. What's that for? You got the dress. I'm working on a mink coat. Say goodnight, Gracie. Good night, Gracie. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny. I think I had a... Uh, it, it, it's interesting. Do, we've always done that in front of a live audience. We've yeah. never done it. Yeah, just on a, on a, on a mic. <laughs> just on a mic, even though that's what we do. Isn't that fun? Well, it's been really great. There um, is there anything else you want to tell people about? Oh, gosh. We... Um, well, um, I, uh, I teach, you know, I teach voiceover. I uh, produce demos. So if anyone wants to get in touch with me, they can... Uh, uh, check it out uh, at uh, tunehouseinc.com. That's okay. my company. Okay. And, uh, or on, uh, you know, like a, check me out on Facebook. Uh, let me see, Twitter. You can contact me there at, at Goofy Bill. And okay. uh, I'd love to hear from people. All right. Well, I'm impressed that. And then also, you have a wonder, your love. Well, I shouldn't say lovely. He's a guy, but your wonderful son. Yeah, he's is also um, a... he's a professional drummer and an audio engineer. So he mm-hmm. helps me out in the studio. He's a much better editor than I could ever be. Well, it's neat that he has you know both those gifts kind of melded together. So, all right. Well, it's been wonderful, Bill. Thank you so much. Always a pleasure. Oh, my pleasure. Thanks. Okay. Thanks for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's episode with the multi-talented Bill Farmer, please pass it along on social media. Tell your friends or just scream it from the rooftops, but try not to strain your voice. And also check out Bill's new Disney family show that he hosts and co-created, It's a Dog's Life. You'll love it. Tune in next time, where we'll chat with character actor and voice talent, Joel McCrary, who you've seen in his on-camera roles in Disney's Kickin' It, where he played Bobby Wasabi, and films like The Princess Diaries, all the way to animated characters ranging from Santa to Dr. Phil and Robot Chicken. Thanks to Alex Bagdasarian, our fabulous audio engineer and co-producer. Greg Perkins for writing and producing under the banner of Word Merchants Media. Visit KathyGrablestudios.com for more information and sign up for our newsletter. Thanks for spending time with us. For more information about In My Voice podcast, visit KathyGrablestudios.com, where you can sign up for our newsletter, get tips about breaking into voiceover, info about our scripted podcast, and more. Until then, be at peace. Hug your loved ones and use your voice to speak truth and have fun. I'm Bren Huff, your announcer. Bye for now.